You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Arkansas, the next SEC team to announce full capacity crowds for the upcoming football season. They join the likes of Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina, Vandy, and Kentucky. And two SEC baseball teams were in action yesterday out in Omaha at the College World Series. One team continues to advance, and one team is headed home. And we will start uh, part of our crossover series with Josh Neighbors, host of Locked on Big 12, to talk the latest with him on a number of things, including the Supreme Court ruling, the NIL, and much more. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of the show as soon as it comes out. Currently, we're doing three days a week, but when we get closer to football season, we'll be back to five days a week. All right, we got a ton of stuff to get into. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start with Tennessee baseball in the battle of orange teams yesterday. The Vols fell to Texas and were eliminated from the College World Series. The Vols jumped out to a 2-0 lead in the top of the second inning, but the Longhorns battled back to take a 4-2 lead. Tennessee added two more runs in the fourth to tie things at four, but the Longhorns answered again. They scored three in the bottom of the fourth to take a 7-4 lead, added another run later to make it 8-4. Balls could not answer. Tennessee assistant coach Ross Cavett was kicked out of the game for arguing balls and strikes. And at the end of the day, the Vols could not rally a comeback. They fall to the Longhorns 8-4. Texas, they survive to play another game. But the Vols season is over. But what a season it was. They will uh, now see if head coach Tony Vitello will be staying in Knoxville for another year. Uh, Latest reports are that... uh, He may have had some contact with LSU, although Vitello said after the game he has not had contact with LSU about their vacant head coaching position. Vitello said his focus has strictly been on Tennessee's season, and the Vols end their year after reaching Omaha for the first time since 05. Knots their first 50-win season since 1995, their best in program history. Uh, Vitello has been linked to that vacant LSU position, as we mentioned. Uh, LSU head coach Paul Maneri retired after 15 seasons at Baton Rouge. Ole Miss announced earlier this week that Mike Bianco is staying put at Ole Miss after his name surfaced as a possibility. So we will see how serious the rumors were that maybe Vitello might be flirting with LSU. Meanwhile, over on the winner's bracket last night, Mississippi State, they took care of business against Virginia last night. Tanner Allen hit a monster three-run home run in the eighth as part of a six-run inning for the Bulldogs. They kind of went Johnny Holstaff approach on the mound. Eight different pitchers taking the bump throughout the night for State, but their closer, Landon Sims, extinguished the threat from the Cavaliers, and the Bulldogs advanced to the winner's side of things, playing on Friday night. NC State, they've already advanced to the earlier matchup on Friday. And Vanderbilt, they will play an elimination game tonight against Stanford for the Commodores' right to stay alive in the tournament. So let's see if uh, the Commodores can do that. In a 9-0 decision on Monday, the Supreme Court unanimously ruled against the NCAA on the Alston case. On Monday afternoon, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey issued a statement supporting the court's decision, saying, this opinion provides clarity as we move forward to provide additional educational-related benefits to student-athletes. We also need to continue evaluating the collegiate model 
And our next step will be to engage with our SEC schools to discuss the implications of this decision. We're going to get into this conversation a little bit later with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 because this is something that affects all the teams, but particularly the SEC and the Big 12 where, let's be honest, they got a lot of big money schools and a lot of uh, very high-ranked teams that uh, are always in the playoff picture, and we'll talk a lot of ramifications of that with him in just a bit. Did mention Arkansas announced yesterday that Razorback Stadium is returning to full capacity for the upcoming football season. The school tweeted out a hype video for the upcoming season. They also announced tailgating and Hogtown pregame festivities will return. The Hog Walk will also return this fall. Arkansas starts the season hosting Rice before a monster Week 2 matchup hosting Steve Sarkeesian's Texas Longhorns. Longhorns return to Fayetteville for the first time since 2004. And they will play on September 11th to renew one of the Razorbacks' oldest rivalries in prime time on ESPN at 6 p.m. Fans will be asked to stripe out the stadium in red and white for the matchup with the Horns. It'll be the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So really looking forward to uh, fans being back in the stands and Arkansas joins the likes of Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, South Carolina. Looks starting to go on and on. We're about halfway there with the SEC. We just need to start knocking out the rest of the conference, and kind of expect most of them will end up announcing here very soon that they'll all be full capacity for this fall. Some recruiting news after being committed to Colorado since February, linebacker Carlton Madden announced his decision to decommit this week, just days after landing a scholarship offer from Kirby Smart in Georgia. Six foot three, 240 pound linebacker, currently rated as a three star prospect, number 37 edge defender in the country. He's also got uh, in landing an offer from Georgia. He also landed an offer from Ole Miss. Earlier this offseason, Tennessee freshman quarterback Caden Salter was among four players suspended from the team for a marijuana incident. He has only recently been cleared to rejoin the team, and now, according to a new report, he faces more drug-related and traffic-related charges. According to a TV report, Salter and D-lineman Amari McNeil were stopped it's cited for marijuana possession, among other things, at 3 a.m. on Saturday morning. Salter was the driver, according to the police report, stopped for having no taillights. What this means for Salter's future with the team remains to be seen. But, dude, what are you doing? Over in South Carolina, Shane Beamer just picked up another much-needed commitment from a defensive back. Peyton Williams announced his pledge to join the Gamecocks. He pitched, picked South Carolina over the likes of Florida State, Colorado, and Maryland. He's six foot one, 180 pounds, currently rated as a three-star. He was the number 65 safety recruit in the country. He uh, becomes the seventh prospect to commit to South Carolina for the 2022 class. Hours after landing a commitment from four-star linebacker Shamar James, the Florida Gators picked up a second commitment a couple days ago from in-state wide receiver Chandler Smith after a visit to the Florida campus. He's from Orlando. He's listed at 6'3", 180 pounds. has 27 scholarship offers. He's a three-star recruit, number 49 state uh, recruit in the state of Florida, number 53 wide receiver overall. One of the nation's most coveted players in the transfer portal is closing in on making a decision as former Kansas freshman All-American Karan Prunty, Prunty has issued an update on his recruitment. After visiting Tennessee and South Carolina, he announced his plans to make his commitment this coming weekend. So it's down to Tennessee and South Carolina. And I'll try to figure out how to pronounce his name before he makes an uh, announcement. Prunty 
Started nine games for the Jayhawks uh, last year, registering 26 tackles, 10 pass breakups, and an interception. LSU basketball, they appear to be losing some front court depth as Josh LeBlanc has announced he has entered the transfer portal. He appeared in a total of 64 games during his college career, including 23 starts. However, only one of those starts came at LSU. During 25 appearances for LSU last year, he averaged just three points and four rebounds. Over at South Carolina, their guard, Seventh Woods, came to the Gamecocks from North Carolina. After redshirting in 2019-2020, he played for the Gamecocks this past year. And this offseason, he entered the transfer portal. He has now chosen a school. He will be heading to Morgan State. One other uh, South Carolina hoops note, John Rothstein put out a report. The Gamecocks are expected to play against Florida State this coming December in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Specific date has yet to be determined. According to the report, there will be another game in the series, which will be played at a neutral site in Florida at a to-be-determined date. There's a real good chance Florida State enters this year as a top 25 team. And one other SEC hoops note uh, on Monday, Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers 2022 class uh, took a big hit. Seven-foot big man Sage Tolatino decommitted from Auburn. He's a Hawaii native, ranked as the number 15th center in the class. And there you go. That is around the conference. When we return, we're going to touch on a number of different topics with our buddy Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12, doing a little crossover episode with him. We'll touch on the Supreme Court ruling this week, the fallout in the NCAA, how this will affect the SEC schools, as well as the NIL name, image, and likeness that will be coming in a couple of weeks, how that's going to affect college sports starting this fall. We'll touch on that next. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? Well, the short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tools. With made-ins, professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant-quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools, and Made In has some great products out there for you to check out. I'm not lying to you. I got a frying pan from them about a month ago. It is my favorite cooking tool that I have. It's a no-stick pan, so easy to clean. My wife and I, we like to make scrambled eggs throughout the week. I get so sick and tired of scrubbing pans because the egg residue sticks to the pan, not with made-ins pans. They are awesome to use. They produce professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup price. Made-in products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. They have 28,000 five-star reviews and the products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants. Made in, better cookware for better meals. And right now, Made in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's the best discount available anywhere online for Made in products. Go to madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Going along here, Locked On SEC, and real excited about uh, this conversation. Caught up with Josh Neighbors, host of Locked On Big 12. We thought we'd do a little crossover and said, Josh, we'll talk football in, in a couple weeks and you know start to preview some of the best teams in the Big 12, some of the best teams in the SEC. But we had some bigger topics to head on this week, including the Supreme Court ruling this week on uh, basically allowing schools to allocate funds to kids for, quote, educational reasons. 
Well, we discussed the fallout of that on the NCA and how schools will adapt. Here's my conversation with Josh Neighbors. All right, a little off-season crossover, although it doesn't really feel like an off-season crossover right now in college sports. Uh, I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. He is Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Chris, it's it's June 22nd, and usually, like, nothing's happening. Uh, we got a College World Series. We've got NIL coming in about nine days. Football's in about 100 days. And the NCAA is currently in the Supreme Court right now, too. So, I mean, uh, it's just a standard off-season, right? Yeah, it's uh... – Look, there's a lot of things that that we knew were going to be coming within, you know, the next handful of years of college football. We knew the NIL was coming of student athletes getting paid. We knew college football playoff expansion was coming, but I don't think we we knew the Supreme Court stepping in and ruling that the NCAA is a bunch of frauds was coming ahead of the NIL decisions. And this is very intriguing because it, it's starting to lift the door on the restrictions of Student athletes that have been told for years, you can't do that. You're a student athlete. That's an improper benefit. You can't do that. God forbid, you want a car at a golf tournament? That's, that's you know, you can't have that. And now they're starting to go, hey, NCAA, stop being big bag bully and look out for the guys who are, you know, bringing you millions and billions of dollars. Right. And so the Supreme Court is where we have to start. So um, basically, the and you, you and I were talking before we started this. People don't really understand what's happening, and it's totally okay because it is confusing. So, to my understanding, uh, there is a case that went to the that went to the Supreme Court involving the NCAA that the court upheld nine to zero, uh, which is, I mean, you know, we talk about the current political landscape, and this is not these are not political podcasts that we do, but nine nothing in any political setting nowadays is rather uncommon. Uh, would you agree with that? <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it, it's interesting because I was talking about it with my wife. She's way more cute into politics. And she said there, there's a lot of 9-0 decisions that don't make headlines just because it's not big. But typically things that are very, um, you know, like very like opinion, like we're going to have an opinion one way or another on. Those are ones that are usually like split votes or 7-2. But I agree with something like this for the Supreme Court, who, who their main job is to just interpret the Constitution. It's not to have an opinion on things. But when they come out and say... Yeah, the NCA has had a bad business model for years, and mm. it's time we start doing something about that. That's when you know it's serious. And so basically, the decision that they made allows schools to provide their athletes, and this is where it gets interesting, because how do you interpret this? Quote, right. unlimited compensation as long as it is some way connected to their education. Leave that up for interpretation. Yeah, and, you know, this is – so like – it's funny because a few years ago, they, I think it was actually within the last 10 or 12 years, right? They went with the unlimited food plan because was it um, Shabazz Napier, who I think was at UConn and said like, yeah, I go to bed hungry some nights. Right. It's like, wait, what? Like this guy's like arguably the best guard in the country and he's going to bed hungry. And then they changed that rule. But like, and so things that are tied to education, just to to let people know that would be stuff like um, books that would be things like, uh, you know, meal plans, right? They can have as, you know, as, if it's on campus dining, they can get as much as they would like. Um, I would assume probably gear is going to fall into that as well. The interesting part is that, and kids always mention this, they're given per diem, right? You know, when they go on the road or whatever, or, you know, and, and actually not even always on the road, you know, kids are given a per diem. They, they get money. And sometimes it's actually like physically cash. I, like, it, you know, it's they, they give them money to go buy food, wherever it is. That 
technically speaking, is under the education banner, right? I mean, is that how you would you would view that? Because that to me is, you know, look, if, it, if that's the case, then yeah, that's where they could start actually just giving them more money in that case. Well, the big thing that that I know they brought up multiple times is paid internships is a thing that right. apparently they couldn't do before. So if like Google mm-hmm. wants to step in and say, hey, during his junior year, we're going to sign Trevor Lawrence to a Google internship and he's going to do some social media stuff for us and all this, they can now do that. And again, I back I backtrack to, you know, I know some older football players who back in the day used to work jobs and like the NCAA is like, no, you can't do that. Like That's just it's right. insane that they like told these kids, no, you can't go earn money. Um, you know, but but yeah, I think it, it gets really tricky because, you know, we made this argument today on let's say you're a kid who doesn't have any transportation and you go mm-hmm. to school. Well, if the school buys you a car to go to class, technically that is for your education, right? It gets you to right. class. So, like, there's just so many categories here that open up Pandora's box where, I, like, the NCAA is going to have a hard time uh, validating some of this stuff. But I will say, like, a friend of mine who played in the NFL, I remember he was telling me when he was in college, he was going home for Thanksgiving break, and he only lived a few hours away, and he was driving and he saw one of his buddies, and he's like, "Hey, man, you going home for Thanksgiving?" He goes, "Nah, man, I'm from I'm from Michigan. I, I can't afford a plane ticket back home." Those are the scenarios where the school absolutely should be able to step in and buy the kid a damn plane ticket to go home to see his family. Like these are all the common sense things that have come up through the years of college athletics, where it's like, "What are we doing here? Why is this not okay?" Well, it's it's interesting you mention that because we think you think about you know the official visits. Like they're able to pay for pay for those right. kind of transportation, right? But when the kid's actually on campus, oh no, we can't be doing that anymore, right? We can't we can't make sure this kid can get home. And you know, it's it's a great point. And uh, we think about you just there's so many ways you can think about the way you know the way they can make life better for the for the student athletes. Um, you know, and I, I always feel weird just using the term student athletes too. I will say what's really interesting that the paid internships part is really intriguing. Because you think about, I mean, some settings in which the kids, I, I forget the exact rules. Do you know what the exact rules were for like paid internships for student athletes? What were they? Or at least what are they? I mean, as far as I understand, it, it, it wasn't allowed, right? I mean, that's what this is going to lift the lift the ban on. But, you know, I, I mean, are there a lot of, put it this way, are there a lot of companies offering paid internships? I mean, the in, when I was in college, the internships I did were, were all unpaid. So, yeah. Um, they're going away, Chris. Somebody <laughs> who, just, who just interned at, at college recently. The, the the unpaid internships are going away. Yeah, I, I just it. If a kid wants to, and, and this is just the hypocrisy of the NCA, and this is why the the, the NIL is going to be a big such a big deal, is if anybody wants to pay a student student athlete to do something for them, there should be no restrictions on that. Somebody brought up a great um, comparison years ago. They said. You know, if I'm a, let's say I'm a chemistry major and my chemistry professor asked me, hey, could you come over to my house this weekend? I have some, some paperwork I'd like you to do for me and some projects to work on. And you go over and that professor pays you, you know, $200 in cash, says thanks for your work. That is absolutely fine in the eyes of the school. You make that kid a football player, that is absolutely <laughs> abhorrent in the, in the eyes of the NCAA. And that's where the, the real contradiction is, is that... The NCAA wants to blanket these student athletes, and particularly football players, is, is what we go to right. as, the, as the go to so many times. But we want to consider them. Oh no, they're just a student athlete. They're just like all the other students in those classrooms. 
But yet, when it comes to things like that, we can, no, they're separate. No, they're completely different. That's a different, a different mindset. And it just becomes, man, this is, this is a long time coming that this all needs to change. More with Josh Neighbors right after this. Built Bar, still the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know there are nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about which ones that they like the most. And if you know, don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, uh, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's literally something for everyone. My favorite is the mint brownie. You can't go wrong with it. But if you haven't tried all the flavors yet, I recommend go get a mixed box. You will get two of each of their nine flavors. Just head to BuiltBar.com. The best part, not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy as well. Many of the flavors are packed with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. How can you go wrong? Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that mint brownie or raspberry or whatever you like and go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Continue our conversation a little crossover episode with our buddy Josh Neighbors, host of Locked on Big 12. We spent a lot of time talking about the Supreme Court ruling this week and how it affects the NCAA and college football and collegiate sports. Now we're going to jump into a little bit on the name, image, and likeness, the NIL, which starts in about two weeks in a lot of states. How is that going to affect college sports starting this fall? Well, and it kind of, it kind of gets to the NIL conversation and really the part that people have to keep hammering home is the, and this is why I think I think the NCA, while it is, it's going to take a while for it to go away, but it could. Is that they're so ill prepared for this? Yes. Like they are. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw Mark Emmert's statement the other day about NIL and how he wants. You know, he's like, I want the schools to handle it. Like what? Like this is this is <laughs> how you want the schools to handle it individually. I, I mean, and the fact that you know, I mean, everybody in Congress, you know, works around. Um, it kind of the, the like the people who I follow on the political side that have picked up this now, uh, you know, this kind of story and stuff, and the people also I follow in the college sports who have gotten into this world. Everybody they talk to is like, yeah, this there's no bill that's going to get passed by July one. Right. Um, I'd be shocked if it if it gets the floor by July one. Just the way that those schedules work, you know, it's, it's it. I don't think they're like just because you guys are having an issue right now in a crisis does not constitute us needing to get a jump on, uh, you know, change our schedule around so we can get the NIL bills on the floor. That is, that's the big part is that the NCA was, I don't think prepared for this, for this decision. And, or if they, uh, you know, if they were, they, you know, it's not sounding very good. The public statements aren't sounding very good. And also the NIL, like they clearly, spent way too much time fighting it and not realizing they were on the wrong side of a battle they were going to lose. Right. Now I will say this, your, your conference, the Southeastern conference, a lot of States have gotten a jump on this and done a very good job of getting laws through uh, so that their States are going to be in good shape. I think how many SEC States have it? it Uh, Texas just, just jumped on board. Florida was one of the first ones to do it. It's going to be a good bit of them. I, I think, I think by next week, I think at least the majority of the SEC states will will be on board. Now, I think I can't remember if Georgia had had Georgia was trying to put some stipulations on it. Right? They were saying oh, like yeah, you, you could get, was like you could get the be, money, but the money goes to the school, and they're like, the wait, school wait, wait, can wait. take seventy five percent of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think 
Georgia, University of Georgia was like, we are not going to enforce that. Do not worry. Please do not worry. Well, and, and and then they had the big defensive end from the state of Georgia last week just committed to USC. And it's like, and he says the main reason he committed to USC is for name, image, and likeness in California. Mm. It's like, man, what are we doing here? So, yeah, this thing is going to get out of hand. I, I just like, I have some buddies who are actually getting into the business of going to work for these companies that are going to work with the student athletes. Now, I want to I want to be careful how I word this because they're there to make money. One, obviously, but two, at least this one company that my buddy's going to work for, they're there to work with the student athletes. Basically, this is the gist of how it's going to work. They're like a um, a marketing agency, and they're going to sign up a bunch of athletes in different college towns to their to their service, and it's going to be an app. And then what can happen is businesses can go to the app. And look at the different athletes and their prices and decide what fits them most. So it's like if you're a local burger joint and you're just looking for, let's say, you know, you want to look at one of the wide receivers or defensive linemen. Well, this defensive lineman, he's a huge burger fan. Well, for 500 bucks, we can pay him and he'll do an Instagram post for us saying, man, I love Freddy's Burgers. Those are the kind of things that are awesome. Like, those should absolutely be available for these student athletes because everybody thinks of, like, the whole, man, somebody's going to give them a million-dollar endorsement. No, nobody's going to get million-dollar endorsements. Like, that's stupid. That's crazy. Even, like, talking, some guy's doing, like, oh, he's going to do commercials and all this. Like, nobody's going to do commercial shoots and all this. It's not going to be the Coach O car commercial. Yeah. That's that's not what they're going to do. That's so over the top and out there. But what is realistic is – these kids' platforms, their social media platforms, where they have Instagram. and I mean, like Trevor Lawrence, let's just say last year, you pay him to do a TikTok video. Like, that's something he can do in five minutes, promote a product, and boom, it's out there for everybody to see. But my biggest concern in all of this, Josh, is, like, who polices the, the money for these kids who are, like, 17, 18, 19-year-olds who have to deal with tax ramifications, is yes. the school responsible for that? Yeah. Is the outside talent agency open? Like, there's so many different ramifications here, and this is where the NCA is failing the student athlete. You should have put something in writing, something out there, some kind of guidelines, some stipulation to say the most you can earn in year one in NIL is fifty thousand dollars. I know that sounds crazy, but like, cap it. So, so there's no right. like craziness here where these kids end up signing all these stupid deals, and you know what you're going to have out there is you're going to have people. Taking advantage of these kids. You're going to have kids not getting paid. You're going to have kids not, you know, getting paid. A po- oh, we'll pay you some now. We'll pay you the rest later. Like, there's just so many different avenues of darkness and bad things that are going to open up to this that I think a lot of people aren't even thinking about. Well, and I, I think, you know, this is where conferences like the Big 12 and the Southeastern Conference, not the actual conferences themselves, but the schools are going to be leaders because I can guarantee you there are institutions that are considering the exact questions you just made. And they are staffing themselves accordingly. Uh, I believe that the University of Alabama is probably staffing themselves yeah. accordingly. Your Florida's, you know, but I'm, I mean, I bet every SEC school is. And if they realize they haven't, they're going to. And so part of this to, to me is trending towards something. And this is actually the idea that I don't, I don't always, I work with Barrett Silly. I don't always agree with him on a lot of stuff, but I do agree with him on this. The idea that kids should be allowed to major in football and like the the idea being here is, you know, not if look, if you, if you can be like Josh Dobbs of Tennessee and go be an aerospace engineer, like, <laughs> go do that. Yeah, go, you know, go, go do that, please. <laughs> uh, by all means. But you know, I think they should teach kids, hey, how to parlay your career as an athlete into a job if that's something that you're interested in. You know, so 
I would say like marketing, right? And uh, I think something that should be required at this point is personal finance. You know, I, yeah. I think that's definitely something that should be tied in. All the athletes should be taking personal finance classes, especially if we're allowing student athletes to be paid now. I think that's 100% something that should be required. Uh, why wouldn't it be? And then also, I think things like that app you're talking about, well, kids are going to learn, right, how to market themselves better yeah. because, the, you know, they might be losing out to somebody else at you know, a different school or whatever it is. So I think there are a lot of opportunities to have the kids learn how to be a, you know, a working adult, as opposed to, you know, us just kind of running with our heads cut off being like, what's going to happen? What's going right. to, I think really there's actually opportunity for like personal growth and for kids to find ways to make money and to extend stuff. And oh, one more point on the million dollar thing that you mentioned on the whole. Yes. I think they're going, I mean, not going to sign million dollar endorsement deals. No, but like, I think about somebody like Paige Beckers, who, if you think about college basketball next year, like in men's and women's, she is the most popular well-known college basketball player starting off next season might not be at the end, but like everybody knows who Paige Beckers is, you know, you know what I mean? So, and she's got 300,000 followers on TikTok and however many, you know, a bunch on Instagram, those people, I think you might see some bigger deals, but on the whole, no. Cause I mean, who is the biggest college football player heading into next season? You know, who's the most well-known player? I mean, Spencer yeah. Rattler, like I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I Rat- Spencer Rattler's, Rattler's Rattler in the Big Twelve, million dollar deal. Probably JT Daniels in, in the SEC, Georgia quarterback, Matt Corral. Yeah, and they're not like known quantities, like personalities. Trevor Lawrence, like you know, as a freshman, won a championship, long gold locks, face of college football. You know what I mean? Like just it was just you know it just naturally happened. That stuff does not always happen. So I, I think you're right on that. We're not going to see a bunch of one million dollar deals being let, signed. Let me ask you this real quick, because again, this is this just goes into trying to figure everything out. The Oklahoma softball team, they just won the national mm-hmm. championship. Let's say a local grocery store in Norman, Oklahoma, wants to have the whole softball team out to sign autographs. Yes. And they're, and they're going to pay a lump sum, $5,000. How do you divvy that up? <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Everybody, well, everybody, if you're going to invite the whole team, everybody on the team has to get an even money. So you know it, I mean? the they trainers, do they, do they get to be part of it? Coaches? Well, I mean, the, like the athletes themselves. So just the players. Are you, are, you, are you paying for the – well, I mean, I guess you'd work out and say, hey, look, we want the players – to come and sign autographs, and then you'd probably negotiate something separate. With so the third string catcher makes the same as the starting pitcher. Well, if you're asking, I mean, you could ask for like five players to come out, right? But you, you know, see what I'm like, saying? We're like, there's so many layers to this, and with well, no guidelines. I understand that. But how do we figure thing, this out? Here's the here's the thing: is that look, it's going to end up being like it. It's it's like any kind of cap, capitalistic type thing, I guess you could say. Like, especially, I mean, we're going to add regulation, right? That's that's going to happen. It's just, it's natural part of it. Flaws will, will occur and the market will kind of correct itself in the way it usually does. Now, the problem is, is that we're going into this with the least amount of regulation possible. Right. So it's, it's, it is going to be chaotic. Yes. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to Josh Neighbors. We'll be back with you on Friday, recapping more of the action out in Omaha as the SEC continues to stay alive. We'll see if they can gut this thing out, have an SEC team win the College World Series. But a quick reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Cordy. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday, everybody.